KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It seems like there's not much Americans can agree on these days. That every kid in the country should get a quality education could be one of the few exceptions. But how to make sure that happens, that's where the debate comes in. And the merits of school vouchers are at the center of the crossfire. The whole idea of school vouchers, in my opinion, is really putting a Band-Aid on a situation for school funding that actually needs major surgery. Dr. Zora M. Wolf is the Associate Dean for the College of Health and Human Services at Widener University, and she is also the Interim Director of the Center for Education. She thinks the controversy over school vouchers speaks to something much bigger. I think what we're seeing now is that the system is starting to break and it's not able to support all of the expectations that have been placed on schools. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In Depth, school vouchers. Where did they come from? How did they become such a divisive, polarizing, and politicized issue? And for critics of school vouchers, what are viable alternatives? School vouchers, I think, are one of those things that everybody hears on the news or sees in the headlines, but I honestly think a lot of people don't quite understand how they work. So I'd like to start with the simple question, kind of define school vouchers. Like, what are we talking about here? Absolutely. School vouchers are just a manner for the government to say that, hey, we're going to give you a little pot of money or a check for you to use wherever you want to use your education dollars. I think it's really important for people to understand how schools are actually funded in the United States. So I think a lot of people hear a lot about how school funding at the federal level or at the state level, but in reality, most of the funding per pupil, per student, actually comes from the local property taxes. So that is why we get such a disparity and difference from one school district to the other. You may have heard in the news about the um, funding formula for the state, and we can see in the news, oh, there's some school districts that are struggling so much like in the school district of Philadelphia and then we're comparing it to something like Radnor or Lower Marion where they have so many more dollars but it's really based on local property taxes. So this is where the state government is coming in and saying hey we have some money from the state and we're going to give it to families and families then can choose where they're going to spend their dollars. And A lot of times that ends up coming towards private and or religious schools rather than the public schools. How do they work in the idea that if somebody wants to take advantage of a school voucher, what's the procedure? The devil is in the details, honestly. In Pennsylvania right now, it has actually not gone through, so we don't have the actual details and implementation. But the idea is that the government will set some standards for who qualifies for a voucher, which may be income-based, it may be based on what school district you live in and the performance of your local school. And that might mean that if you're in a low performing district and your income level is below a certain line, then you might get a certain dollar amount that you can then use towards tuition at 
a private school. When you look at this from your standpoint as an educator, somebody who has looked at this, what are the positives and the negatives? Reflexively, you think, well, I want the best for my child and I want to look at all the options, but there has to be a downside. And I would imagine the downside is public schools, some are losing funding, no? Well, I think the whole idea of school vouchers, in my opinion, is really putting a Band-Aid on a situation for school funding that actually needs major surgery. The amount of money that is being put into vouchers and what parents and families can do with that is actually just changing the problem around. We're not necessarily saying we're giving more dollars for education. And so I really don't think that school vouchers are the fix to the education system at all. And depending on how it's actually implemented and how much money is given or how much education is being put to families around how vouchers can be used actually leads to a lot of potential for abuse or even not utilizing it well. Some families who may really benefit from vouchers might not even know that they qualify for vouchers or the vouchers might not actually be enough that would make a difference towards tuition. So they really actually can't even take advantage of private school tuition or private school options. But some of the arguments against vouchers are that it would actually take money away from public schools that are already failing. The question then becomes, how do these schools function if there's a number of students that are leaving the public schools and going to private schools? So that's one of the challenges that is raised about private school vouchers, is that public schools would actually lose even more money. The flip side of that argument is that, well, then public schools need to be more efficient or that they're actually educating fewer students. And so they need to change the way that they do business. So this idea of having more competition in the education field, theoretically, is supposed to make the educational system stronger. But what we are seeing is that the bottom line is that the funding for education in some areas is just not enough because of the extreme needs, um, particularly now coming out of the COVID pandemic. Um, schools are being asked to do more and more and more and more around social emotional health, around even housing and food insecurity. And we're placing all of that on schools. It just seems to me that we love in America to put like this free market thing on everything. And there are some places where it's very applicable and it really leads to innovation and it leads to cost cutting. And overall, it's a plus. But when I think of things like healthcare and education, I don't know if letting the free market run wild is the best way to go about it. The United States is actually built on this idea of having education for all, a public education system, so that we can have a democratic society. And that is really unique across the world. And I think that putting money in education from the, the government, from the federal and state local governments, is actually part of what makes our country unique and what makes our country that democratic society. So there's this idea and this ideal in our country that everybody deserves a good education. 
And so I think that that's a really important thing to keep in mind. And that, you know, we, we throw around the phrase of no child left behind, right? And we think that, you know, all children deserve a good quality education. And we are not like a business where, you know, we always share about how if the business comes in and you're making muffins and you have a batch of bad blueberries, you can send them back. Well, we can't do that in education. We take all of the children and we take all the children regardless of their needs. And we try to give them the quality education that they deserve. And that takes funding. And that takes a commitment from our society for all of these children and not just my child or not just your child, but this is a collective good for a democratic society. Why do the vouchers keep bubbling up? Is it politically driven, you think? Is this something that people want? Like, it seems like this is a, for the last, you know, I don't know, since I've been paying attention, 20, 25, 30 years, this is something that we seem to have pretty consistent conversations. It's in the headlines. It's something that's pushed for. Like, what is it that is leading the charge behind them? I think the idea of vouchers is a flashy idea that is a Band-Aid solution. And so it sounds like a quick fix, and it's pretty easy to sell to a parent, a family, that now you have a choice without really uncovering some of the larger issues behind educational funding. I think vouchers, you know, as an individual, it makes me think, oh, now I can get $5,000 to send my child to the school that I choose. And that is something that gets votes, to be honest with you. It's something that makes people feel like they're empowered and that they could do something for their child. But on the other hand, I think it really is not even scratching the surface of the work that really needs to be done to really change the financial structure for the school system. When we look at that 30,000 foot view of the financial structure, is this something we've always been kind of on the wrong path? How did we get where we are when the overall idea of funding schools? I think we have added more and more to the education system and more and more responsibilities and expectation to the education system. And oftentimes the mandates that come down are not funded. So we have had a push towards standardized testing because we want to raise the achievement level for schools and for students, but that doesn't necessarily come with staffing and funding. And so we're continuing to add more and more to the plates of educators and school systems without necessarily adding more funding to it as well. So there's things that, yes, we want schools to do. We want schools to take care of our children. We want them to address their social social emotional needs. We want them to achieve academically. We want them to be college ready. Those are all good things, but yet it takes resources for educators to implement that well. And I think what we're seeing now is that the system is starting to break and it's not able to support all of the expectations that have been placed on schools. If schools to that point starting to break like the ripple effects of that are massive. And I don't know that we can completely get our 
head around what that means, no? Personally, I am in education because I think it changes the world. I think that none of us would be here if it wasn't for an edu- a good education system. And some people are here in spite of an education system that has failed them. But really, teachers and schools are what build societies. And we wouldn't have doctors. We wouldn't have lawyers. We wouldn't have all of these innovations that we have without a strong school system. If we want to be competitive in the global market, if we want to have a strong economic system for our country, we really do need to support a strong education system. And when we're looking at vouchers, when people are hearing about this, reading about this, what are the questions they should be asking about the discussion that's going on? Like, what are the the things the average person parents or just people that want to understand what's at stake here? What are the proper questions they should be asking themselves when listening to the debate? I think they really need to force the conversation to go deeper into the details. It is really around the implementation of any system, including vouchers, and how they could actually be supported or how they could actually implement it in a way that would actually make a difference. So some questions might be, who would qualify for a voucher? What would be the requirements for a family to receive a voucher? What would be the dollar amount? What would be the restrictions around using it? Do they need to stay within the district or can they go somewhere else? There should also be a question around special special education and who qualifies for vouchers and for how much if their child has special needs. And that is another big question around how do we support students with special needs as well. How do charter schools fit into this voucher discussion? Well, one of the common misunderstandings about charter schools is that they are not public schools. In reality, charter schools are also public schools and are publicly funded. And so charter schools are sometimes in that mix of school choice, the conversation around school choice. However, charter schools should have, you know, there's an, there might be an application process, there might be a lottery, and it's the same idea of there, there might not be enough space at a good charter school. And so that's that's some of the conversation around charters. However, similarly to the conversation around vouchers is how is it implemented, right? And so there are good charter schools and there are bad charter schools. There could be good uses for school vouchers and there could be school voucher systems that might not work well, may actually be great private schools, and there may also be private schools that are not so great. And so I think as consumers, as parents, we need to really try to make the best choice for our child. And I think that some of the proponents for school vouchers are saying that we're putting some of that power and authority back into the hands of families. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.